Hey, it's your boy, JZT, and I would just love to weigh in on the whole Halloween debate. I personally like to call the movie Halloween H2O. I just think it's fun and funny. My main problem with the episode, and you can find this on our Halloween episode. Oh, wait, we haven't recorded one. Anyway, uh, it's just funny to think about water. You know, water, it's wet, it's slippery, it's scary. Halloween H2O is the name of the movie. Halloween H20, eh. Nothing to get, no disrespect, I just, I love Halloween H2O. It's fun! Okay, bye! Before the latest episode of the Featured Players Podcast, why don't you check out and subscribe to some shows featured in our podcasting family? There's Zillennial Canyon. Kira and Adam explore the canon of films of those on the millennial Gen Z cusp. We're talking about the early to mid-2000s movies you may have read about in Entertainment Weekly during a flight, or voted for at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. There's SeltzerCast, where Sean Patrick O'Brien hosts a podcast dedicated to his favorite beverage, Seltzer! Each week, Sean and a guest have a chat over a carbonated beverage, sparky-warky, or refreshing bubbly drink, if you will. You'll want to have a cool drink for this one. There's the Beck to Beck podcast, where Zach and Courtney take a journey through the entirety of Beck's discography, shuffling randomly to review two songs back to back each week. You'll love Zach and Courtney. And you'll love their latest venture, Pope to Pope, where Courtney ties down Zach and forces him to watch every episode of her favorite show, The Young Pope. Each episode discussed at length. You'll love Dan for Life a short-form interview podcast where friends are interviewed through the lens of the 2007 seminal text, Dan in Real Life. Join Nick and his occasional second chair, Lauren, as they explore the depths of the infamous pancake film. Join Kid Cinema and Mr. Movies as they explore the spooky world of scary films. And finally, we have DadCast, a celebration of films that your dad loves to pass out on the couch to. Each week, emo Canadian and Islander Jillian Oakley vibes with guests about their favorite dad films. Don't believe me? Here's some testimonials from some satisfied listeners. I go to high school, and Back to Back podcast with Zach and Courtney made me realize that Beck is really the best musician of our time. It also made me strangely horny for Jude Law. Thanks, Back to Back. One of my biggest hang-ups is being scared all the time. I listened to I Was Scared Too with JZT and Fesh, and I got confirmation. Other people are scared too! I started listening to DadCast because my dad was sleeping on the couch watching Michael Mann movies like Manhunter and Collateral. But then I was referred to DadCast with Jillian, and now I'm a Joker Jillian Stan. Thanks, Dadcast! It's the Featured Players Podcast. Featuring your hosts, Bram Binderoff and Brendan Noel. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Riggle. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all this time you'd like to join us for episode 38 i want to say of the feature players podcast uh who, knows? I, uh, oh, who yeah who even knows anymore uh as as usual 
I am one of the co-hosts of this podcast, Brendan Noel, and I'm joined, as always, by uh, Bram Benderoff. Bram, how are, how, are you, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? I'm pretty good, Brendan. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty sure it's 39, though. Should, should we go back? Turns out, turns out Bram cares. Bram is the one keeping track. No, we shouldn't nope. go back. We... No one cares if we got the episode number <laughs> wrong. This is our podcast, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We don't know what episode it is. Hey, hey, who's that? You weren't here last week. Exactly. I like how you said, joined as always by my co-host, Bram Benderoff. And that is true. Um, as always by our co-host, Bram Benderoff. And as sometimes joined by our other co-host, Beth Benderoff. No relation. We, Hello, everyone. We're, we're happy to have you back. And I don't want you to feel overshadowed because we all know you're the musical guest, but we have a special guest this week, our guest host, if you will, give it up for, and let me do this in, uh, in, in Pardo voice, Deirdre Green. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here, Deirdre. Um, Deirdre is our friend through Mike Myers Movie Club, which we basically never shut up about. And uh, she is a New York uh, musician. I almost called you a New York magician, which is drastically different, uh, but also feels like something that you could she do. She is one. Wow. I am not a magician, but I am a New York musician. Um, yeah, this is my first podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a legitimate honor. Uh, we we were saying before we were recording that God, our our mouth to God's ears, which is a phrase that I'm now saying for the third time today for some reason. Why am I saying that phrase so much today? Anyway, our mouth to God's ears. Deirdre will someday be the musical guest on actual Saturday Night Live, and then we all will get to say we said it in Don Pardo's voice long ago. You heard it. You heard it here first on the Feature Players podcast. The Feature Plays, as Bram said. Feedy Plays, FPs. We have lots of shorthand nicknames for them. Sometimes when we're when we're sending emails or just chatting around the office, that's how we refer to them. I like to think of ourselves as a couple of New York magicians. It's it's not. No, it's not true. I was going to say it's not untrue. It's not true, though. I've never even been to New York. One time I drove through it. My my older brother drove us literally like through the island of Manhattan, which was insane. I can't what? believe that that's a task he decided to take on. Well, my mom and dad uh, had, had never been to New York City, and so... And my mom is like, doesn't really like she, she doesn't travel a ton uh, other than by car. She's terrified of flying. Um, so she was basically just like, like, just let me see the buildings. Like, let me just see New York from the ground. And so we really, we drove all over Manhattan and it was pretty cool, but it also was a crazy thing to do. And in retrospect, I'm like, wow, we yeah. actually did that. That's so funny. Driving in Manhattan's terrible. Um, I've only done it a couple times, 
one time it was during a huge snowstorm because I was driving back to college. Um, but yeah, I would not recommend it. But I guess, yeah, it's really nice to see the buildings from the ground. It is cool, I guess. I I am like an architecture buff, especially like the the like peak um, 1920s architecture that New York has a lot of. I I just adore. So I know there will be some day when Graham and I are able to go and we'll do the full like walking tour where I actually get to see the details of the buildings. But yeah, actually even driving by them was like kind of life fulfilling, like in a lot of ways. Like it's it's it is always cool to see things in person that you've seen on TV for your entire life. Brendan, yeah. meanwhile, has gone to 30 Rock and actually, like, he's, like, done the whole thing there. It, I was going to say, before I, before I went to New York City, I did think it was a fictional location for the purposes of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah, hard agree. I mean, I also what, did the studio. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. So what did, what did you see on your tour? Uh, okay, so I so Conan was still there, so I was able to sit in the late night with Conan O'Brien, late night with uh, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, studio. No, boo. And, boo. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't apologize for nothing. Um, and the what was it Dateline? Um, um, and walked the halls of SNL, but it was an off week, so we didn't actually get to see the actual studio. Um, Something else interesting. I guess the Conan thing was the main highlight. You just reminded me of um, something that uh, I didn't get to talk about because we didn't at the time have a Saturday Night Live podcast that was active, which was uh, like, this is a hard left turn. But you said Dateline, and now I'm thinking about how um, Bill Hader got to meet Keith Morrison and how they had they they got to hang out together and and he did an impression of him to him do you guys remember yes. that i would have talked about that for an hour at the time of it happening if we had had this podcast then but we didn't so i'm gonna say it now that was awesome and i loved it and bill Hader was so excited it was so cute <laughs> dateline turns out to be a very tiny studio yeah, we saw Dateline too. I don't know why. I don't think they use it very much. That's why I think like, I think anytime they come in, they're just like, yeah, here's Dateline. Is Deirdre the first New Yorker we've had on the show, you guys? Uh, no, Christian Becker, way back in the day. <gasps> right, he's, Christian, he's, that's true. He's technically New Jersey. I think Deirdre does count as the first New Yorker. Well, wow. I grew up in Long Island, so... That's I just want to, I don't, it is, I don't want to claim things and then get canceled for it later, but I do live oh in Brooklyn God. now. <laughs> yeah, I, so, so since you actually like grew up in New York, did you, I love this, I, I did you grow up doing touristy things or were they, did they just go completely ignored by your family because- uh, do you want the the bummer story or I want it all. Give okay. me the bummer, give me it all. I have done 
a lot of the touristy things like the museums my grandpa took me and my sister to go see the tree when we were younger um if my office wasn't remote i would have to work right next to times square on new year's eve this year all Holy that good shit. stuff <laughs> um but when i was four years old we went to see the empire state building um and then we this was in july of 2001 when my brother was born my dad took us to like get out of the house because my brother was either just born or about to be born so to get us away from our mother and we walked past the twin towers and my dad was like next time we go into the city we'll go there and then we did holy shit yeah that's crazy no that is wow that's a true new yorker story jesus christ yeah i yeah and then my dad has had recurring nightmares of me getting lost on the empire state building elevator oh, no. for years since then oh honestly like that's kind of like i i it's strange to say that that's adorable but it really shows your dad's love for you yeah. like like the fact that he's like, oh, this t- like terrible large place, I can lose my girl. Yeah. My mom had my mom had nightmares about losing me, but I had nightmares. It feels very similar to the Empire State Building. I had nightmares of my dad and brother going up water towers, which is the Oklahoma version of skyscrapers. That's- I'm just realizing. I actually, now that I think about it, it totally makes sense that my dad would be scared of that because I got lost everywhere we went when I was a kid I would just walk oh my away God. wow we're similar I also was a, a child who would just walk away that's so funny explorers I've never gotten to do any go to any tapings or anything like that though I really want to but I haven't I didn't live in Brooklyn for long enough before everything shut down to oh that makes perfect that. sense yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. It's, well, it's, it's crazy that it's already been 10 months of this. So how long have you lived in Brooklyn then? A year, uh, 13 months. Oh, wow. So like, not even just like, truly like no time before, exactly. <laughs> before everything. That's why that I didn't want to claim I was a New Yorker and get canceled. Interesting. Interesting. So you were on Long Island or no, you were, of course, you were at college, right? Where did you go to college, Deirdre? I went to college in New Orleans um, at Loyola down there. Wow. Wow. I did. I don't think that I remembered that. You must have mentioned it because it's close to so many of our friends. Who yeah, all I also like I have podcasts, in, including Andrew Dismukes. <laughs> oh yeah, it's featured player Andrew Dismukes. Oh Aww, my god, cool! Yeah, he's a he's a true he's a true Louisiana boy. I want to Google where he went to high school. I Andrew I feel like Dismukes. um I feel like New Orleans plus college is a very interesting combination because. New Orleans is boozy on its own and college is boozy on its own. And then you put New Orleans and college together. I, am I right to imagine that that was like a wild experience for you? Yeah, it was crazy. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, it was crazy. 
<laughs> enough said. Enough said. You keep your secrets, baby. <laughs> okay, so I suppose we can begin talking about Adele? Question mark. Um, if you want Bram, to. When we were leading up, when we were, when we were, I want to say this right up top, uh, so I don't forget. When Bram and I were talking about the podcast, he he mentioned how like several headlines were about her her weight loss uh, in regards to Saturday Night Live, and I didn't think that she mentioned it, uh, but I if I it, I turned out that she she made a vague reference to it in the monologue. I initially said she didn't mention it, so I don't want to talk about it. But apparently, she made a vague reference to it in the monologue. But it was a vague reference, and honestly, probably because, like, I can't imagine why they even, I don't know, maybe it was her decision because it felt weird not to address it, but also it feels strange that they made a joke about it. I don't know. It's, I Because, yeah. It's very interesting. I felt like, I was so excited for Adele to host because she's so, so funny, like, in her interviews and stuff. I felt like the monologue was just very lazy, lazily written. Like, I don't know. I know we didn't, it felt like, sorry, I'm tripping all over my words. It felt like we didn't know who the host was until last minute for this. And maybe they were rushed or something, but it felt like, oh yeah, Adele lost weight, sings and curses. And like, those were three things that, we knew about Adele like two years ago. So it was- That is so true. Yeah. We found out Sunday after we recorded the podcast. Yeah, yeah that, that was, is a wild timeline for an SNL host. You're, you're totally right. We, yeah, like it's, it's definitely, we, I don't think that's, I can't remember another time where the show, there was going to be an episode on the next week and they didn't and they didn't have a host they could announce i definitely remember times where they were going to take like a big month break because of like the olympics or something and they just put up a title card said like here's the date we don't have anybody yet but we're coming back on this date so it was very weird that on saturday we just had nothing and then do you think they were reaching out to possible hosts and people were like sorry i've got covid like what do you what do you think it was well, we speculated at the time that we were wondering if maybe whoever they had had lined up thought that maybe they did have COVID and they weren't exactly, prepared yeah. to announce them. Um, I don't know. Maybe just, yeah, there was some late negotiation process with Adele. I don't know. Yeah, it does I mean, seem weird know. to think that you would um, like <laughs> prepare, like come host this show on short notice. Sounds like a crazy endeavor. What so makes coming Lauren... from England, right? Well, maybe. If she what was coming ma- from England, she would have had to quarantine for two weeks. You're right. Like, she must have been in the States. Work. You're totally right. What makes Lauren go to Adele? Yeah, you were when 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 I shared this with you, um, you were you were definitely puzzled at like the why now I think, of this. I think that's because Bram wasn't familiar enough with like Adele as a human maybe just because I I feel like I've watched her do a lot of things over the years where she's clearly shown like not only that she's funny but that she has a very good sense of humor and um and so 
as an SNL host, she made sense. And even more, what she did explain during the monologue was that because everybody, you know, was saying like, why is she hosting and not being musical guest? Besides the album not being done, um, like it felt like too much to do both for her. And I mean, like, I mean, think about any one of us. Do any of you guys want to go be host and musical guest on Saturday Night Live? I don't think so. What are you talking about? Of course I do. Get me on there. Call me, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, obviously, well, call me. It obviously yeah. brings... Go ahead, Deirdre. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I feel like people that have done both have said that it's a lot, which makes sense. Because you're on stage the whole time. The point of the musical guest is to split up the night. But then if you're just... Yeah, have a second to breathe and to get into your next costume and to maybe, like, do a shot. Like, yeah, like, the the musical guest is definitely a welcome reprieve for hosts. So to get to, like, chill out and watch her when you're Adele must have been pretty fucking awesome, actually. Who is the musical guest? Her. 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 She is wonderful. I know that it. I know that it sounds like the Arrested Development joke, and um, she must not have seen Arrested Development when she uh, chose her performance name, which like respect. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, she's amazing. She's incredibly talented, and um, she'll like sing pretty and then just shred on a guitar, and it's like I'm, so still, wait, I'm still not following her. Who her? Who? No, <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. I will not. Adele she deserves thank you more for, respect than that. Thank you for exactly, dear Proceed. Adele, Adele was clearly thinking about what SNL meant to her when she initially was on, and you know, like for me, I think Brendan has talked about this too. Uh, SNL was the first time I ever saw her, and I know that's the case for a lot of people. So it brings me back to like that time like Katy Perry hosted the show and Robin was her musical guest. It's like throwing yes. throwing somebody a bone of like, oh, I really like this artist and I really think they deserve a big launching pad. And I know obviously Robin was around in the 90s, but I still think like it, it was a new segment of her career. Um, no, definitely, definitely. So I mean, I, so it's interesting because I, I did hear of Robin actually because of Saturday Night Live but um, Adele I'm excited to hear how Deirdre heard of Adele I heard of Adele because the Chasing Pavements video was on VH1 uh, before school the music video would play and I couldn't believe that somebody with like her voice was on um, was on VH1 and actually Duffy was was also at the exact same time Duffy was was on the music video role before I would go to school and so having those two women with like big warm kind of um classic jazz inspired voices was so cool for for 14 year old Beth because that's kind of where my heart has always been with music and you never think that those people will chart but um Adele does that but yeah Deirdre how did you hear of it I can't believe that I didn't one think that we were going to talk about this and I can't believe that I cannot remember when I first heard of her I remember learning someone like you on the piano because I was like oh I'm gonna learn a deep cut from her album 
when it first came out. And then two weeks later, it became the second single off her album. Biggest like, song in the world. Okay, cool. That's hilarious. I mean, that make, that honestly does make sense to me, though, because you are a couple years younger than me. So for you, Adele was probably just ubiquitous. Like, like just kind of, like... Uh, you may not have been paying attention to her on that first album, but the second album was everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. And she even did an SNL sketch about someone like you. Yeah. I remember that. That was, yeah, I remember that. But yeah, Adele breaking the was crazy. Dinner, dinner table scene, I, I think. Oh, I was thinking of, no, I was, that's, that's hello. I was thinking oh. of the, the someone like you sketches Emma Stone crying and eating ice yeah. cream, yes, and it's yes, adorable. Yes. That was that was she was not there for that show, but that was just a yeah, yeah. that was a, that was just a good sketch because that's that uh, yeah she she just watched the series finale of Friday Night Lights and she was feeling pretty messed up. That was a good and also that uh, Coldplay was backstage sobbing over it. That was just that's a classic. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Wah wah wah. Friday Night Wife. Um, so stupid. I'm so sorry to our listeners. This, the sketch that we were just talking about with the ice cream, I thought, let me know if I'm not allowed to jump to this, but I thought that they were just trying to do something very similar with the Bachelorette sketch or the Bachelor sketch. And I was, when I, the first like 20 seconds of the Bachelor sketch, I was like, wow, this is going to be incredible. And then I just... I hate it so much. No, I totally understand. I agree. I, for the first, um, it, it, here's the thing about one of my main criticisms about, um, about last night's show, or I'm sorry, whenever it was regarding when this episode comes out. Um, I, it's, uh, you know, I don't know why the show structure has become the show structure. I've actually, this season, I'm more confused by it than ever. I feel as though, and like, honestly, who cares about like order or anything? Like, I'm even going to skip ahead to the end of the show here. Um, Ass Angel doesn't make sense as last sketch of the night at all. And it was one of the funniest things of the night. And the fact that it was put last is, such a bizarre choice but but also because every sketch felt so long like I would be like okay great good premise I'm so excited about this sketch and then um they just kind of went on and on and on and then by the end of it I was like fully cringing and that's been it's been that way several episodes in a row, but also a little bit before uh, in in last season. And I kind of, I don't understand why that is. Why do you guys think that the actual structure of the, the show changed? Well, I, I can't I'll, make sense of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a few things I think to keep in mind with, uh, with that last sketch. The first is we have no idea how the dress audience reacts to things. And it's possible that they are relatively humorless compared to us because I agree that was one of the better things of the night. The second I would say is that with the live show 
ordering becomes weird, timing gets thrown off. Sometimes the last thing of the night gets thrown out entirely. And that's why you'll see a random shot of a band playing at, you know, 1255. Um, but then that, it's, it's but that's what I'm saying. Shouldn't, shouldn't then the sketches be shorter overall? Like shouldn't the average time of a sketch shoot to be 60 seconds shorter than they currently are? Like, am I crazy or did the sketches used to be shorter? Like seriously. I think, well, another thing that's been pointed out is that we are getting less live sketches than we used to. Right. And, uh, and that's weird. Um, the other thing I would say too is, because that's a pre-tape, I completely get what you're saying. I would think the other thing to keep in mind is because it's a pre-tape, who knows how this was being edited. I mean, I remember reading a few years back when they did the Wes Anderson parody uh, thing was the Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders. The, the editing team wrote a whole thing online. It's actually really interesting if you, if you can find it and read it about how that was. They were tinkering with that until like 11.40, 11.45. It was literally low. I do remember that. Into the switcher as it was airing. In terms of a live, I mean, I, I can't make certain. You've got me though. there. You've got me on that. And you're right that it may, the, the, uh, the order of this episode may have just been extra weird due to many factors that, you know, are with a live show but it the structure of it felt extra weird it felt i i felt like every live sketch was 60 seconds too long and it made me furious that there weren't i mean in in the past snl would have shorter sketches made for that purpose made to to take to pad time shorter pre-tapes like whether they were advertisements or whatever and it doesn't seem it seems like even the pre-tapes they're choosing to use are longer I guess like it's it's it feels like a million factors but it made the pacing of the episode just deeply unpleasant for me honestly it was I mean I it, it was I don't remember any anything feeling particularly long. Um, did anything I mean, stick you, out to you as a particularly I mean, lengthy if you sketch? Wanted to get into like the cold open debate. I I will say that it was the most dread that I've ever felt watching one of those. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously. Um, like what did Deirdre? What was? As uh, do you watch? Let's let's actually quickly say. I was, I was gonna. What ask, is your yeah. history with SNL? Like, how often have you watched SNL in general? I very rarely. I think I've probably watched SNL live like four times in my life. But I will if there's someone that I like posting, I'll watch like every sketch that's on YouTube. You know, I, like, yeah. I, um, for the, like, I knew the cold opens, like, I've seen so many debate cold opens, I was dreading this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I like SNL, I would love to, you know, be on SNL. I think it's this Love to be there someday. Exactly. Um, I like gotta catch a train at Grand Central exactly <laughs> yeah I definitely don't 
I don't know what a featured player is, to be honest. And at this point, I'm too scared. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's you are the best guest for this podcast we ever could have gotten for that exact reason. <laughs> I'm glad featured players that. are the cute little babies on in the show cast who basically just are on thin ice. They they have to prove themselves so hard and they have to play boring roles and try to make them funny. And it's, it sounds like hell. Okay, and before you like explain who they are, I I kind of want to get Deirdre's impression of what yes, her experience please. with the people that she might not recognize that well or like who she thinks the featured players are. Well, I saw their names in the credits and I like I know uh, Bowen. I knew him. Mm-hmm. I actually um, I know him from Last Culturistas. Um, but just I have one episode of Last Culturistas that I listen to when I'm sad, which is the Ava Victor episode. That's <laughs> um, amazing. Which they tell the story of Bowen getting SNL and the other hosts not and then Ava talks about her breakup and she brings him seltzer um so I love Bowen and then we kind of heard possibly the other like another perspective of that story from from JZT last oh yeah because he was like on he was like actually in it so cool hi JZT if you're listening (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. I actually, I didn't even, I didn't track that until it was just put together for me, like a puzzle piece in front of my eye. I, uh, so then who, who else do you think, or I I know that you saw their names, but then when they were in the episode, did they stick out to you? Oh, I mean, definitely like some of the nursing, no, not the nursing home kids. Was it but you did, you, you are, you're right there. One of the featured players was the nurse in the nursing home sketch. So you did, you did see her, your brain saw her. Oh. Yeah, she was, and, and she did the thing where she managed to make a boring character have uh, a really funny read of a line. And that's like, that's important to be able to do. And uh, I at least saw it from her last night. And I'll be honest, I don't even remember if I saw Andrew, <laughs> Brendan, Bram. Uh, I honestly can't remember. Um, I really don't either. I'm so, Andrew know, Dismukes, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I know Lauren Holt was in the Bachelor sketch. Oh yeah, she was in that there, too. Yeah, Lauren was in that as well. And the nursing, was... uh, the nursing home sketch. Go for it, Brim. No, not going to talk? Okay. I feel pretty confident that Punky Johnson was shut out. I think Punky might have been there for one sketch. <laughs> Which one was that? We are doing, you guys, this week, you guys, we didn't even do the bare minimum for this podcast. We didn't even <laughs> We didn't even take notes to ourselves when our featured players were in the sketches. I took a mental note. Guys, my microphone died. 
So I'm sorry oh about that. God. All that prep. It's pl- it's it's no. clipped it's clipped to my sweater and it's for plug- the listener. It's plugged. Bram it's plugged been, in. Bram has been <laughs> Bram has been testing microphones um, for multiple days, and after all of that preparation, all of that hard work uh, dies mid podcast. I'm literally plugged in right now. That's good, babe. I'm I'm really proud of you. But like, yeah, I felt more, I think that's just invocative, but like more indifferent this week than usual. Uh, Maybe it's current events. Maybe it's the lack of the event feeling of not having a host that's promoting something Um, or just like not liking the, the, the sketch concept that much, like finding jokes to laugh at throughout, but like the actual sketches themselves kind of not really doing much for me well for me at least the highlight of the night was the uh was the fortune telling sketch i was just gonna say that was good that was very funny and relatable to all perfect concept home run yeah i liked liked it i i will be one of the people who stands up for the bachelor but i I still however it went too long okay now now stand up for the for the bachelor well, yeah, I, I, everything always goes too long. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like love that The Bachelor. I'll just I'll stand up for it. I'll compare it positively to um, the one of the sketches I never liked that everybody else always loved was um, they used to do that thing where it was whenever they'd have like a musician host, uh, they'd be working at Pandora Radio and the stations went out and oh look it's uh, Jimmy the intern you've got a yeah. Oh, you yeah. Bruno Mars. Bruno Mar- yeah, oh, I hated those sketches because I feel like the whole point of it is just like Ariana oh, Grande. My God, did but you? Ariana know Grande did really good impressions. Can sing. We call them impression showcases. I call them shit. <laughs> oh my God. It's like throwing them softballs. Like, you know, we could write a sketch for you where you can do comedy, but first, the first sketch is going to be. Just sing all the hits you're known for. You're here. You might as well sing. And I liked it better in this context. I also like it better when it includes jokes such as dental assistant's friend from Bad Iowa. Yeah, that was really funny. He, they said he's five, five and a half and all these women are fighting for his love. And I was dying. Yeah, it had, a, it had a really good intro. Hennessy. 21, but next year she'll be 22. Yeah, that made me laugh out loud, actually. Her delivery, yeah, her delivery was great. That that line did make me laugh. I, A lot of them, the, the sketch made me laugh. It really was, the cringy part was simply the context in which maybe it's because Adele's songs are so good that using them for a joke sounds, like, wrong. Yes. Um, speak- speaking of which, um, I, I did cry. I cry every time I hear the song when we were young and she started singing it and I was like, am I going to cry while watching an SNL sketch that is terrible? And I did. Oh! <laughs> we've been listening it to, we've been listening to that one a lot in the last 48 hours. It's a great one. I was saying how like the phrasing, the phrasing of the second half of the chorus is, I, I, Again, like, I almost just can't even believe that somebody like Elle 
like it, it makes me so happy that somebody like Adele can can chart and like be in the hearts of the people. Um, most music is just nothing like that. I mean, it's not that it's bad, it's great, but it's it's not like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Emotional and like, a, like truly like warm and deep music, amazing. She's incredible. Does she, Um. oh, okay. I'm thinking about why they would make this sketch so long and stuff. And I think maybe they, well, that doesn't make sense. Does, I'll finish my sentence. I'm jumping all No, yeah, I was going to say, hit us with it anyway. Okay. Um, because she's not promoting a new album, it's okay for her to be playing the old hits in this sketch. That's true. Well, I also thought it was interesting. Didn't she, I couldn't find anything about it. And admittedly, I didn't try that hard to find. But um, I remember her having like something happen where she had to cancel shows a while back because of something happened with her voice. Either she was like really sick or she, she had like something happened. I don't remember what it was. She was like 23. Oh, was it? Okay. So it's still like, it's amazing to me to, to hear her like sing live and to watch her kind of, um, I really did actually like, (laughs) I liked the sketch uh, using her songs for the purpose that I got to watch Adele, um, throw herself into the middle of her number, which is like an, a hard thing to ask of anybody to go like, okay, just jump to this chorus where it's like in a, in, in a ballad um, and nail it. And it was honestly like <laughs> kind of inspiring to watch her um, find her pitch because you don't think of somebody like Adele as having to find their pitch, but of course she does, she's human. And so when they would hit those cues, it was interesting to hear her falter. Yeah. So I did like it from that perspective a lot. And I would, I would love to hear what you have to say about that specifically, Deirdre. No, yeah, that's, I, she's incredible. And that is completely so hard to do. I'm also wondering. He's human too. Yeah, exactly. Like, would she get royalties for those 30 second clips playing? Maybe the TV think, royalties, Roy? but like, I know that whenever there's music involved in sketches, those are the ones that never go online. Okay. That makes sense because she, like yeah, uh, the, music day, industry. It's copyrighted music. I guess it doesn't really matter if it's her singing live or recording. So I, she must get something for that, right? Yes. Okay. So I have a degree in this and you saying that they don't put the musical sketches online makes sense because um, her singing her songs on TV, she gets paid not through NBC. She gets paid through a performing rights organization. Um, And then, but if they were to put it online, they would have to pay a sync license. Like when you put a song in a movie. Because I think wow, that's like an amazing perspective on something that we kind of constantly talk about on this podcast. I was gonna say that's like legit information. That's (laughs) 
we usually just sit here and babble like I wonder why this happens I went to school for that baby so yeah I think about that stuff all the time some real music law I want um everyone including our listeners to know that I'm while I'm muted uh just shoveling my dinner into my face I just want everyone to know what's for dinner Beth What's um, for dinner? Graham's mom, my mother-in-law, Myrna, made a kale salad, like, stir-fry thing with steak in it and um, toasted walnuts because she knows that they're my favorite and white rice. And it's, like, it is so delicious. It's ridiculous. That sounds amazing. It has, like, a peanut sauce. She hit it. She hit it out of the park. Peanut sauce. Peanuts. Meals on the guest. Peanuts or part of voice. And your host, John Mulaney. Woo! Yeah, I'm getting a little spooky there, but it's spooky season, so it's okay. It's John Mulaney, fourth time hosting. Talk about it. Fourth time in four years, baby. Well, let's see. There's a global pandemic. Who lives in New York City and is a friend of the show and people like? I would not have expected him back so soon, but you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it all makes sense to me. Did he go back to New York? Because I know he was definitely in LA for a large part of the year. Oh, I actually didn't know that. I just assumed he was in New York. Is he shooting unaired, unfilmed episodes of Mulaney, Bram? No. That never shot in New York. I know. I have another, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just looking at my notes. I have another music thing that I wanted to talk I mean, about. You're the only one that has notes, please, so please, you please. can lead it. <laughs> okay, I'll host. Yeah, whatever you want to <laughs> say, we will hear. Um, something that, a bone that I have to pick with Saturday Night Live is why is their music mixing so trash all oh, the yes. time. After so many years, how it's is so it possible? Often. Specifically, it's so often trash. Hers first uh, song, I could not understand a single word she was saying because yes. her mic wasn't loud enough. Agreed. Like what? It's so infuriating. Her guitar sounded good. Yeah. Oh well, her second song when she played the guitar, she sounded incredible i thought that the second song was like i mean the first song was good but then the second song because the mixing was so much better i think it was the better of the two performances which i, I definitely wonder agree if they sound checked her with the settings where she was playing guitar and then we're just like oh yeah the other one's the same but you're just not playing guitar and then that yeah you may fun. be right i um that's actually reminding me that um, five years ago, I was in the audience at Saturday Night Live. And I remember coming home and thinking, so the music this was the Zac Brown Band, which is a country group. And I remember their song, I remember one of them. Um, I thought like, oh, this sounds pretty good. And I went home and listened to it when I got home, the, uh, the recording of it. And it did not sound good at all on TV. So you have a good point that I think it's just always been terrible. Yeah, I don't understand it. Maybe they should hire me to 
yeah the vocal fader whenever it needs to be turned up it doesn't make sense because like seth myers and fallon don't seem to have those problems yeah like yeah it's a it just seems like a very very simple thing that should be fixed like is lauren's nephew behind the soundboard like is that what's happening oh my god probably i mean i do think that i think it has slightly less to do with the um acoustics in well i say that in grand central station in grand central station i do we do know that um the the setup of um of that particular studio 8h is um a little different because of um uh the it, it was it used to be used for radio and um so i don't know if maybe it's it it does come i don't know maybe that has something to do with it uh back in the i guess it was the the 40s that was used for the um uh, nbc symphony orchestra and uh apparently in order to uh the entire studio is actually suspended from the ceiling um because uh arturo Toscanini, who was conducting the orchestra didn't want the uh vibrations of the subway to be heard on the recordings um, you're full of shit i that is swear so cool. to god that is a true thing that's um, that's amazing i do wonder if maybe 60 70 years later that is something to do with why and that's not affecting the other studios in the same building or just it's obviously not the same people working on each show and uh maybe that has something to do with it i don't know wow i swear to god that's a true story that's that is fascinating and such a 1940s thing to do to be like no subway sounds suspend the studio our studio it's a little bit different Oh that is how recording recording studios are built like that sometimes though they'll have like floating floors and stuff like that that is like technology that my brain refuses to even process if you're into like, architecture you should look into how recording studios are built see it's i really feel like i feel like um i feel like now I'm questioning if I even know the basics. <laughs> like this is this is blowing my mind a little. It's never lost on me how amazing it is that all this stuff and all those great bands are performing in like the eighth floor of a very tall skyscraper in New York with a lot of history. Yeah, no, I mean... That's, that's kind of been one of my, the things that has like, I I don't, I I can't think of the correct word for it, but like kind of mystified me, I guess, about, about SNL is, and like late night and uh, Jimmy's Tonight Show, like I, 30 Rock is like, I almost don't know how to describe how fascinating I find the history behind it. And to like, it seems like no matter how much you know about like crazy 30 rock things, there's always something new hiding. Like for example, uh, the eighth floor is a suspended studio. Like you think you know it all and 30 rock still has secrets for you. The more you know. Beautiful. Well, yeah, I mean, you think back to like, you know, 
yeah, you'll 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 learn. Like people will go on these shows. And... There must be so many ghosts in Thirty Rock. Oh, I, I, to, again, to quote John Mulaney, what a beautiful and deeply haunted building. Yeah. I, I thought I would take the opportunity of there being clearly a Bly Manor sketch uh, to say on the floor about Bly Manor because I know that Deirdre and, and Beth both watched it. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. Also, just ghosts. Good segue. <laughs> I don't know. I like, yeah, just ghosts and the concept of ghosts. Well, I, ghosts. Um, I hate to ruin the when fun, episode was on. When the episode was on, Brendan, I, I said that I was enjoying the sketch, and Brendan said that he didn't need any more Chad. And I said, and I really stand by this I like Chad sketches because they give the host the female host an opportunity to like monologue and not only is that like extremely fun to write it's even more fun to to get to perform um and i stand by it and chad is a magnificently stupid uh person to get to monologue at okay. I love that perspective good character <laughs> i love that Thank perspective you. i when I saw that it was, as soon as I saw Pete Davidson come on the screen, I was like, I hope this is not another Chad sketch because thank you. I said, I don't watch SNL a lot, but I don't, I watch enough SNL to be sick of Chad. Um, That's hilarious. How, how interesting. Yeah, I think that is a good tell of when they're maybe doing, overdoing a sketch is when even somebody who doesn't watch the show that much is like god they're doing this again didn't it start with like julia louis dreyfus in like a pool boy sketch that is my memory yes it did and it was really good and i stand by it i hated it so much i think it's because i like like i don't i just want to see pete davidson play another character which i know he's kind of playing himself well he can't i but like (laughs) i don't think he can like I like I would rather him be like I'm a stoner on weekend update again than see another Chad sketch. That's totally fair. I I very much respect that because I also wish Pete Davidson would play uh anybody else on SNL. I feel like um I I did like this Chad sketch though more than any other one I'd seen. The monologuing was extra good this time. I think that's why. Because what, of what you said, how it's like good for letting a the female host monologue. Like, I would love to listen to Adele monologue. And she looked absolutely exactly. beautiful. Yeah, well, and it was also fun. Like, I, I love Adele as a host. Uh, being like a musician instead of an actor because it meant we didn't have to hear an actor like there's only so much you can take of of actors coming on SNL and going here are all the accents I can do use every single one or I'm gonna leave and then with Adele she's like I'm Adele I come and I sing and I have a good accent 
and you know what you've got with me so like let's make the most of it and then she's just herself in every like not herself but she's her own voice in every sketch except for one where they dubbed her and she did an amazing job with the dub which was the ass angel sketch but like other than that it was just Adele and I loved it everything she says is delightful it's the best wait they dubbed her for Ass Angel, yeah, definitely. I don't think that that was her American accent. I, I don't believe it. It was too good. That's so I, funny. I didn't it can't even notice. Be. It, it was one of the right. only things that she was American in all night, really, which, uh, I mean, thank God. Let people use their real accent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, again, it is, it's different with actors, but especially like having a musician come on, you can't have a musician come on and be like, what's in your repertoire Adele except for Ariana Grande who is also an actor that's the only one I can think of in recent history where she's an actor too because she's like a Broadway kid so for her it made a lot of sense I think like James McAvoy whenever he hosted was like doing everything he okay but I I I agree and I know that I just criticized it but when he does it it's okay I like him so much that was my yeah. first celebrity crush in Penelope. He's so talented. Oh, Penelope. Wow, I forgot about that movie. The movie with the girl with the pig nose. She sure did have a pig nose. And James McAvoy fell in love with her anyway. Selenio Cannon, Penelope episode win. What you were saying about Adele being herself, um, I think... I like I didn't love the Africa sketch but just getting to watch Adele break for three minutes was really cute. I was going to ask about that that because it to, to me it was it wasn't just that she was breaking she was breaking pretty much harder than I've, I've ever seen anybody break on that show she was making really no attempts to to keep it together. And she I was agree, trying I, so hard but she couldn't. Yeah yeah she, she could not. So I loved hard. the way that she would like gingerly touch her wig in a way to be like, get it together, it get it together. Great. Like she, she was, she was sure trying, but you're right. It was, it was in a, it was in a way that, but again, like that, I, I think, I think I've now, I feel I've become um, a convert for musicians hosting after this episode in the sense that like, they don't have, they don't feel the need to prove that they can keep a straight face through a sketch. Like actors go into it and they see it as a challenge. And you, sometimes you see some cute breaking, like Ryan Gosling when he couldn't keep it together because Kate McKinnon is ridiculous as that one character. Um, you have great moments like that, but they're, they are rare and they also are, yeah. a- you still alien, can tell that the actor sketch. is, yeah, alien abduction sketch. You can still tell that the actor desperately wants to be able to keep it together. And a musician comes on and they have really no allegiance in any way to their, to like proving their ability. So if she really was like tickled at a sketch, it was, it was fun to see somebody like not have to prove themselves like that was a kind of a fun thing in all of her sketches actually I think it gives uh gave her like a freedom 
actually that that most hosts don't have yeah I feel like she was a good example of what it can happen um I'm not speaking full sentences like it can also you can have the uh the disease that comedians and musicians both have where all comedians want to be musicians and all musicians want to be comedians yes but it's true I feel like Adele did not fall into that maybe that's an American no I maybe and you know and like maybe that actually is another level of it maybe it is there is like kind of a maybe there's an extra British quality about about this episode because of her like she just seems like a very free person but in a way that you don't expect like she seems like a British person you'd meet in a pub who was literally the most charming person you've ever met she doesn't seem like the kind of British person who's like like kind of the stereotype of like keep calm and carry on it's it's not like that at all it's like she's she's very um like warm is the only word I can think of really yeah she's like I don't have a word. I don't know what I was going to say. I forgot. Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. I so truly, good. there half of the times that I press unmute for myself, it'll peek behind the curtain on production. Uh, every time I've, <laughs> I press unmute on myself, uh, often I open my mouth and the words tumble out in an order I did not expect or intend. And that's podcasting. That's why you're the musical guest. That's true. Shouldn't let me in any sketches. Do you do you have more notes for us on the episode? Let's see. <laughs> I wrote down jack-o'-lantern pin under nursing home sketch because oh my God. sketch. <laughs> I, really I just was looking at the jack-o'-lantern pin the whole time. It was so cute. Yes. I really enjoyed that. Adorable. I mean, yeah. I you're think right. the curmudgeons, me and Brendan could probably talk about putting Maya as like the lead in a sketch after she was already into others. But Brandon well, knows that I'll defend it. Let's 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 talk about that then. And by extension, the the cold open, which sucked. We needed to yeah. with with three of four people in that sketch not being cast members yes more than ever it was let's do what happens at this debate and and again like no cast members in a whole cold open i asked brendan when has this happened and it's probably i mean for for the for the sticklers we know that kate mckinnon was there as giuliani but yeah, I'm sure it's happened before, but it doesn't happen very often. It is usually in sketches like this. I'm sure they've done, oh my God, the people they were trying to, know to play people, like having, having De Niro play Robert Mueller or, or Ben Stiller play Michael Cohen. I'm sure there were political cold opens in like 2017, 2018 that were like this. And we, we. Yeah, that were at least out. majority, like at least majority non, non-cast, but it, 
those sketches were always larger and kind of covered more ground. But for this being a debate sketch, which is, you know, should be fairly straightforward. Um, for them, the formula seems to be uh, debate and then someone crashes. And um, this time it was Giuliani. And literally by the end of this cold open, I, I was asking Bram if we could skip it because I was just so, I, it does less than nothing for me. Like it's, 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 it's almost as though it isn't it even happening. It made me mad because the only joke that was like, this is a joke in the whole sketch, other than <laughs> Giuliani, was the Biden bingo joke, which was a Washington Post TikTok that they posted 45 seconds oh after Biden said malarkey. Oh my God. It's like, I, like, it, it's what like, are they doing? I don't it's know. Lazy. It's like not they're even dumb. like they're stealing a viral tweet. They were stealing from one of the biggest media publications in the world. <laughs> We talked about how it's like that before. It's like it's just lazy. It's so easy to accidentally steal something with Twitter just being like everything thrown away. No, but like, but okay, that, but like something that that's blatant. That won't know. And it and, was and also the exact same joke. It was exactly the same. But it's funny again. Like I love hearing. I love hearing from somebody who doesn't often watch the show say like the one joke in the entire cold open because like that's the problem. All of it is just repeating history and zero jokes. And uh, and yeah, I like I said, like it literally was almost as if it was. I did kind of come to during um, during Biden Biden um, bingo like that did draw my attention for a second, and then I think I just immediately looked away. Remember now, really actually, bad. also that um, they there was a joke like that in one of the Clinton Trump debate sketches where Clinton was like, "I got bingo." He said, "Bad hombres." Like, come on. Yeah, oh my like God. It, it's not. It's not an exclusive. Like they've done that before, and it's not an exclusive thing. Like everybody oh, yeah. plays drinking games during the debates and stuff like that. That's kind of like a cultural right. thing with the uh, liberals, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it was just literally word for word stolen. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. How bad. much? How much lower can you get with the cold open? Like, seriously, how much lower can I get? I mean, I hate to challenge them because at this point, who knows? But like, you know, how much lower pandemic. can you get? We've all got stuff on our mind. <laughs> Yeah, but write a cold, like, please, like, I'm desperate. I'm actually desperate. Write a cold open about that. Like, write a cold open about anything else. Seriously, anything else. Like, I would love write to see a cold, cold open. open where the writer's room is just, like, so depressed. because Yeah, exactly. Like, anything, anything at all that isn't a political cold open. Like, I would, like, anything. And this is... Before I was a co-host of this podcast, I was just an often guest. And I know that anybody who listens to the show has heard me rant about this over and over, but I feel it so strongly. Please do a cold open about anything else. Like it's been, it's been too many years without a cold open, without like about anything else at all. 
we're definitely anything. locked in for six weeks with with Maya and Jim, and I and, clearly, guess. and clearly they realize like, oh, we have Maya. It's like we have. It's listen, like Lauren. Lauren is like, oh, it's like one of my. No, and I Oh, it is back home. If Maya Rudolph of all people whose time at SNL got cut short by a pregnancy, um, or by actually by an unexpected birth of her kid, I, if she is there, I want her on the show. Like, that's how I feel about it. And I, 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 I don't care. Maya Rudolph is a person who can do anything on SNL and I will be okay. Does she but get I, in the way of Lauren Holtz, who was standing there? She gets wearing, in the way of everybody. But mask. here's the thing: I understand she was wearing a mask, doing nothing in that sketch. No, I mean, I mean, yeah, but also, no, I disagree. But I listen. Maya was in how many sketches of the night? Was it three or four? Three, at least three. Okay, three. So, I have notes. Thank you so much, Deirdre. So it was cold open. That one I agree was weird, but that was weird not because it was Maya Rudolph. I mean, okay, yes. No, you're right. It's weird because it was Maya Rudolph. But also then I also was like, literally who else would have played a light-skinned black woman on SNL? Punky Johnson. That was so strange. Like, Punky isn't, I, you know, like, I I don't know. Like, I, it it did, it, it, that made sense to me. I don't know. In that one one sense, out of all of the senses that should be made, that one sense made sense. <laughs> I just didn't feel she was a like she's such a dead ringer for Kamala, and I just didn't get that with Kristen Welker. I mean, I get that as you're you're totally right. They don't have like a ton of choices, but I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't see the point when they have twenty people in the cast and they're not using so many of them. Look. I I already feel like we're about to see just a massive changeover. Um, my like current, I know I talked about it the, uh, on our last episode that I was on, but I, I, I still even more after that episode felt like um, a lot of the major or a lot of the the cast right now probably won't be back um i think that there will be a few who are definitely going to be back who i think will continue driving the voice of the show going forward like chris red and bow and yang but other than the two of them i mean i don't know who else is safe i actually don't like Melissa had the for the first time I watched Heidi. Melissa via Senor fall flat and that was like on update and that made me sad and it made me want to like say like you're better than this go be free go be yeah. free little bird yeah that was 40 seconds too long yeah exactly and, the, gamers, and it's, the gamers enjoyed it yeah, well, but that was, it, again, like, it can have a great moment, and I like her, and I like what she has to say, but this is no longer the format for her. Like, like yes, if, at I a agree. certain point, it's okay if if your voice is doesn't belong on SNL anymore. Like, that's okay, and it's not just her. For me, it feels like a lot, oh, um, 
no, Mikey and Alex are are also almost definitely safe to be like the elder statesman of if they do do a uh, like full cast changeover, like I suspect. But I really like, and I can't even. You guys, maybe Heidi would stay, but can you really say that like any of the women are safe? Am I wrong? No, not really. Not wrong. Do you really trust them to do a full cast changeover when they hired Shane Gillis, like, just, like, last year? I mean, yeah. The thing is, they I, don't do that anymore. Like, I feel like they don't do anymore the thing where, like, they used to fire people like Chris Parnell and Horatio Sands, who've been around for a while. They don't really do that anymore. They did it with cut. Jay and Taryn, like, three years ago, Brendan. Yeah. But that was, like, extenuate. That also, that had much more to do with the thing that Bram was talking about. Uh, uh, last week where like they're trying to get better at accommodating people and their outside projects and I guess they weren't into that for because what Taryn right. had a movie and was it what was that when he made a movie with Arnold like, Schwarzenegger I don't know no. though I, I listen I Before. I know they're trying to I, I agree that 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 Lauren's saying that they're trying to get better with with outside projects makes sense for for not having a major changeover but when I say major changeover I mean like 13 out of 20 not coming back because we're at what 20 isn't that right 20 is the magic number yeah so honestly like I I remembered that Chloe is also likely to to be um I, I do think she's she's probably safe I, I think she's probably giving gonna be able to give enough content now that that they'll want her in the future. But she's an impressionist who know. can slot into a role that like Cecily yeah. fills. She's she's like a classic every woman, and SNL has to have those like no matter what. Um, they have let they have let go of those people that have been there like seven, eight, nine years. Just don't see it happen. Imagine letting go of Kate. Like it needs to happen, but it needs I think to happen. Oh yeah, and I think they'll leave of their own free will. But I think that... I mean, I literally, I hope, I hope most of them go. I really do. <laughs> you have Keenan that's gonna shoot a, a whole season of a sitcom while still being a cast member for what, like the last seven. Which years? makes sense because listen, that makes sense because obviously everyone in SNL history has left for a sitcom and then it got canceled. Like you have some notable exceptions where it worked out and then they have long running sitcoms. But most of the time people leave for a sitcom and it gets canceled after one or two seasons. Um, Letting Keenan stay on. Yeah, exactly. Dana Carvey. Letting, letting, letting Keenan stay on makes perfect sense. No, we can always, always take a moment to poop on Dana Carvey. Here's any time. Here's yeah. the thing. No, he, he the, left for movies for sure. He left to have a movie career. When was the show? I don't know the timeline. Who cares? Poop on Dana Carvey. Brendan, go for it. I, I was going to talk about something else, so I don't want to interrupt. No, I'm the moderator of this podcast and I'm giving you a green light. I'm, I feel like the Keenan show is 
never going to happen. By no, which, which is I, why he's staying on. Which by, I only mean that because I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe NBC ordered the Keenan show in, was it 1983 or 84 at this point? Um, I think it was all the way back in 1978. Like, how many years have we been hearing about, oh, this summer, he's going to film the Keenan show. I know. He's going to film, how many episodes is it going to be? Is it going to be six episodes? Is it going to be 10 episodes? Bram, is it going to be 13 episodes? But do you think that's because Keenan... They landed on six, I think. Cares a lot? Is it going to be six? Or is it going to be eight? Maybe it's going to be 10. Or is it going to be eight? I don't know. I would if it would make sense to me if if that was because Keenan is um, a perfectionist. Like, wouldn't that make sense to you if that's why it's taking so long? Maybe if they're still right. I mean, obviously, I know right now they're not filming it because of COVID. But like, if he's just been tinkering with scripts forever, okay. I mean, I just, we could continue to just let it be a punchline on SNL if, if 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 no one minds. Like, we could just let it. We could just keep doing sketches that you think are regular sketches, and then at the end, it says the Keenan Thompson show. Oh, that was funny from a couple of weeks back. I did like that. I think that that could work for all of us. It got. But I search. also think I also do Sorry. think that Keenan should go. I do think that Baby Bird should leave the nest. Got a series. I'm wanting to stay. Get me wrong. May, but come on. May 2019, and then it got pushed to this season, like January 2020, and that's like the latest news we've heard, like the beginning of the year. I feel like that show has been in development though, going back to like 2016, at least like a pilot. Yeah, it has. I think the thing about Baby Birds Leaving the Nest is SNL is in a strange period right now, where they have a lot of people who've been on the show for a long time that and i'm not being mean and i don't think i'm just being subjective that like i don't think anybody else wants them who in hollywood is calling for colin jost no i but but he even i don't know maybe he'll go colin like, jost who has had basically right. this one job for his entire adult life yes he's the easiest person um, to shit on the SNL has had and, and and I don't know how long. It's like it's like um here's the funny thing about about Colin Jones. Like the Paul Ryan uh, of the cast. Exactly. Like the Harvard thing has finally turned on SNL writers. Most of the writers no longer come from Harvard. For a long time, a majority of the writers cast or I mean uh, the the writing staff uh, was from Harvard. And and now there's basically one man standing and uh everyone hates him for it it kind of delights me in in like a sick i grew up poor kind of way but i also i i don't know maybe like he'll go write like funny little columns for the new yorker he'll go uh be mr scarlett Um, johansson i will slap you I think it'd be good. That was the one. That was the one that everybody passed around and made fun of. I um, I literally like. I'm trying to even just go through my head about the the sketches last night, and um, I feel like I don't remember any. 
Yeah, this is kind of my problem too. Um, I did not much care for the thing where they all said, oh, Trump's got to go, but if he did, what will we talk about? Oh, Yeah, that was like peak liberal media. They put that out during the episode, I think. What do you mean? Right. Like, I feel like that that headline came out as it was airing or just... Wait, are you... Are you talking about that deadline article you sent us? Yeah. That's what they do, though. They write up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So they rush I, things onto their crappy websites. So, so before true. before I watched the the show, and I watched it very late, I saw a deadline article that was, and I thought it was like an interview, but it just turned out to be them just saying what happened in a sketch. So yeah, and, and pretending it was a scoop. So deadline, sh- shitty of them Classic. to do. Classic internet. Um, the website that brought you placeholder text do not release until Mike Pence gets COVID. Vice President Mike uh, Pence tests positive for COVID. Deirdre, what did what did you think of that sketch? I think that it it's just like it's just I don't think anyone feels that way. I, and exactly. like I think only the SNL writers room could pull satire from that because like you guys talked about either last week or two weeks ago um these comedians are watching the news to get comedy out of it so they can get their rent paid but nobody else nobody else is doing that yeah it's not funny to anybody else (laughs) which is why it's no like it's why it's why it's not funny and maybe yeah, it's no, it's totally true. The I don't know. I like it's just <laughs> it made me mad. It made me yeah. No, it's it really is like it's them boldly like and and doing it with the face of the cast members, which is an extra like funny thing about it. Like the writers, but the actors are the ones who have to say it. Um, saying that like for us this is about ratings like just saying it yeah that's like literally what they said and it's oh my god and it's it's especially funny because because I know that like we're not the only ones who who out of like our generation like they're when they talk about politics we want to die like, I really wish that they wouldn't do that anymore. But it gets them ratings, so. And it is like a, they, like, they have to, I understand. Because if they don't, like, it's such a sticky situation because they, like, they have to because it's at the forefront of everyone's mind. And it would just be this gaping hole in a show that's supposed to be about current events, but they just yeah. fail to do it with nuance every th- single time when <laughs> you're using the same formula for however many years now, since 2016, that you should yeah. have been able to figure it out by now. Yeah, no, it is actually, like, you said that, and it hit me that I've been watching Alec Baldwin as Trump for that long, and, like, that hurt to realize just now. Yep. That's horrifying. Because it really is, like, 
not that not that every episode of SNL before before Trump was a hit, but um, at least I mean, well, so it's actually Bram and I had a conversation, one of my classic Beth rants last night about how um, it's frustrating to watch uh, content about current events because current events are not hypothetical when you're living them. And so talking about them while they're happening can kind of feel like almost like disturbing. Like it, it almost feels like dystopian. Um, yeah, dystopian, exactly. Because exactly. Yeah. She was talking about Watchmen at the time. Well, no, I was actually talking about um about um what's the one um the help me. Plot against <laughs> America. Yeah, the plot yes, against America. Yes. Exactly. I was talking about the plot against America. I was saying that it was, it was, it was, I said that I would watch the plot against America and the safety of a Joe Biden presidency when I am actually like criticizing someone's real governing instead of criticizing fascism. Um, Then I will feel safe enough to watch plot against America. But right now it's not hypothetical. When, when, when I can watch plot against America and have it be hypothetical. Okay. But right now it's it's not hypothetical, it's actual events and it's it's too much. And and it also feels um dystopian. It really is the only word for it. It, it really feels dystopian. Is. I mean, because it's feel- millionaires tell like pretending to be us and getting yeah, it exactly uncanny valley representation. Like that commercial, it was like watching the uncanny valley because it was like you're 98 percent a human but you are a you're a millionaire in an, a the suit of a working class american pretending yeah. to blend in and just aren't quite there and it's scary like it's scary that you are so far removed and you're supposed to be making me laugh about current events and you're you don't understand what would be funny about this situation and what is very, very not funny about this situation. Yeah. Because yeah. there are funny That's things beautifully about put. It. I think there's hilarious things. Like you could draw a comedy from anywhere and you, I think you could draw, draw a comedy from this election, but they're not doing that because. Exactly. No, well, one of the, one of the lines in I think Weekend Update was, Colin says, uh, you have a, uh, like you, you have a home run, uh, just take it. And I said, SNL has a home run that they could just take. And yet weekly we watch these two, like, uh, jack offs, like just, just fail, just like, just, just miss the hoop completely. And, and, so hearing them say that about Trump was just like, it was one of those moments where I was like, are you serious? Yeah. For real? Absolutely. I think that was this week, at least. I, I do believe that that was this episode was. where he, where, where, yeah, like, I, so you're right. There is, there is a lot of funny ab- about 
in the world right now. They're, they're, like this election is a funny situation. And I've said before that they've turned it into this superhero bad guy thing that is not how anyone sees it. Like that's just not the reality of the situation. Great, great example. It's, great example of the comedy. Uh, every single day we've been watching Trump do those dances to YMCA. I laugh every time. And then yeah, the and YMCA that was thing. the best thing in the night. Exactly. Because yeah. that's objectively, that's a real event and it also is objectively funny. <laughs> I think now that we're talking about it, one thing that I think is funny is not what's actually happening, but how people are coping with it, like making YMCA dance videos and yes. like, I don't know, the massive rise of like, uh, like, um, sorry, like the massive rise of like the witchcraft movement on TikTok being like, we're going to hex Trump and stuff like that. Love not, to sh- not to, I don't want to diminish anyone's beliefs, but there's just humor in that. It's just an unusual, funny thing. Absolutely. You know, like it's not funny that Trump might still be in office. What's funny how everyone's yeah, coping with yeah. it and how we're coming together and dealing with it and trying to make that change and trying to get through the day yeah perfectly said it and there was I that was actually one of the things that like yes they were um clumsy but that was the thing that I liked most about the live shows when everybody was still in isolation um I loved the the feeling of these people in their apartments and what they were doing to get through the day that was so special and like truly a fresh a breath of fresh air compared to now we're back in the studio and it's back to what SNL usually does and and frankly maybe it's because we had that like peek into what that comedy would be like that we are now like so frustrated by the normalcy almost like pretending like almost still just continuing on as if everything is is fine I didn't see any of those or maybe I only saw like one of those sketches that you're talking about but I think it is just like the spirit of what SNL is supposed to be it's supposed to be like a training ground and a launch pad and a like a boot camp where you're supposed to be able to like fall on your face and stuff like that's why we watch it all these years um and it's just like being played so safely but so wrong and not and safely in the way that like the right demographics are going to be okay with that and it's just not connecting elsewhere yeah, that's definitely true because I always, I do have to always remind myself that like there are people tuning in for Alec Baldwin's Trump impression and for Jim Carrey's Joe Biden and like that's hilarious to me, but they do exist. Um, 
but also like sometimes I'll be oh they do exist sometimes I'll be on one of your various internet places and I'll see somebody respond to a real event with would love to see us and I'll do a sketch about this and I always want to respond and be like are you joking yes or no because I'm curious, not because I'm judging, but because I'm genuinely curious if like a regular person who, who may not watch SNL every week, or maybe they do, I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna make assumptions, but you know, what do they think? <laughs> what do they think the content on the show should be? Cause I know that obviously it's like, it is funny that, that most of us, um, most of the people our age are are laughing way harder at TikTok, like you said, than they yeah, are. Yeah, like, you know, basic bitches online who are like, "Oh boy, SNL's gonna have a field day with this." Or like when your dad watches a, a movie, like 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 um, like Stripes or something, and he's like, "Oh, they must have had a great time making this." That's adorable, and I would say that I'm dead serious. I'm a dad. <laughs> No, but I get what you're saying. Stripes. I love that Stripes was the example. It was a uh, first movie. Um, I, I got up to fill oh, my oh. water, but I like that uh, I, hold on one sec. I then very stupidly realized that I couldn't both hold down the mute button and fill my water and not spill water everywhere. So I had to like really, I had to go big brain there for a moment. Um, but I like that I clearly have become the moderating, like not just Deirdre here, but even when it was, even when it's just the three of us, I have become the moderating presence in, on this podcast without meaning to. When I walked away, everyone was silent. Bram, we're going to edit all this out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I imagine exactly. that the water sound was horrible. Just like. I don't think I heard it, but you're born to podcast clearly. Truly. Oh, I... what, I, what I was going to say, hold that thought, Deirdre. Um, my dad watched Scream on CBS last night. Oh, amazing. CBS Sunday Night of the Movies. And they showed Scream. Yeah, heavily censored. Wildly, wildly censored. Uh, I suggested because Steve said, uh, oh, it's, it's going to be on so late, late meaning 11.30 p.m. And he said, uh, how am I going to stay up that long? How am I, how am I going to last that long? And it was 11.10 p.m. And <laughs> so we had to sit through probably like three commercial breaks for the film ended. And so I suggested just going to Amazon Prime where it is streaming to go watch the last couple of minutes of the movie without commercials so and Bram went to go do it. And Steve immediately was like, no, <laughs> he couldn't imagine. Back on. We're gonna miss so it. Funny. That's you literally what happened, Brendan. Switch is... back to HDMI one. <laughs> there <laughs> is just something no, he, about... he did say... Word for word, Brendan, how'd you do that? He did, he did say that, but, but we explained that, that Amazon Prime was built into the cable box. Yeah, I don't um, think he understood. But, oh, the, yes. but, the, but the other thing I mentioned was that he wasn't prepared for the level of gore that was on the uncut version of Scream that they didn't show on CBS. That's true. Deirdre, please. Um, I forgot what I was going to say about Scream. Okay. 
That's okay. Okay, so should we like? Uh, as long as it's about we... scream, I won't. What I, won't, I said, as long as it's about scream, I won't listen to anything else. <laughs> um, I, I, okay. Should we then? Are there any sketches that we haven't talked about that we could like start talking about just so Bram will have like a clean place to cut the audio? We're not going to cut the audio. Yes, we are. What are we this is cut? too long. This has gone on for too long. I have this little diatribe. I have a question that might help. It's about Ass Angel, but I feel like we didn't talk about it that much. Yes, please. Go for it. Okay. Watching Ass Angel, it was probably my favorite sketch of the night. Uh, my seeing Maya to Rudolph and Adele together was so funny. But like I since I don't watch SNL as much and I obviously don't know as much about the behind the scene, I'm like, how do you think they came up with that? Like, what is the process for inventing the angel? I actually thought about it during the sketch and I will say that my immediate theory during the sketch, because that's usually where my mind goes is, okay, who came up with this and why? Um, my theory is that the person came up with the song first and then a uh, sketch followed. That's my theory. What do you voice? There's just a great trend of like useless and very dangerous products that are advertised in the fake commercial reels. And those are always the ones that are the funniest. Um, you know, my my mind goes to like colon blow from the 90s yeah the often often the commercials end up being the highlight that's kind of like mom jeans yeah or um mom jeans or i was thinking it actually reminded me more of um pumpkin spice summer's eve the pumpkin spice douches and it's like was, the entire was thing is about how painful it is yeah that was, was definitely right? snl yep that seems very yeah obvious. like to like 2013 or something it was it was really funny um yeah but yeah it's true that's a very obvious concept compared to ass angel which uh, maybe in 2013 pumpkin spice was a bit fresh i think it was more, uh, yeah much so. fresher than it would be now that's true We've been to hell and back with pumpkin spice. We have. We went from loving it to society hating it to people saying, hey, let society love pumpkin spice and then back again. Exactly. Love pumpkin spice. Love it. It's been a wild ride. We'll continue loving it uh, through all the ups and downs of life. It's been a long time. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I think Beth, I need go you ahead, to Brent. no, 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 go 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 on, Brad. Uh sorry, I just realized I got the lyric wrong. I oh no. You. Oh no. That's okay. It, it's been a long time. Uh it's 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 been a long day. It's been a long day without you, my friend. I'll tell you all about it when I drink you again. Very wow. good. Beautiful. Very good. It's what did you say? That. What was the wrong lyric you said? 
uh, it's been a long time. Oh, that's like so close that I just would have continued ahead. I would have forged ahead as if I'd made no mistake at all. I do a lot of parody songs. That's a thing that people don't know about me. I like, I'm not even going to talk about what we did earlier this week because I still want to do it. Um, But Bram came up with a real whopper of a song parody this week. And it was so good. I can't wait to hear it whenever it happens. Yeah, it was so good that when he revealed the concept to me, it like took over my brain for an hour. It's a good one. We can, will finish it. Can it's we discuss? Terrible to, it's terrible to tease it now and not talk about it, but um, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, can we? No, can we discuss that privately after the recording finishes? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's yeah, absolutely. You both will be delighted by it, but no, we'll drop it officially on all the official channels very soon. Can't wait. On the official featured players Instagram, look for the blue check mark. If you don't see the blue check, it's an imposter. It's not us. <laughs> I think I um, wish. I think we have talked about every every sketch. Do we want to wrap up? I that think that's. Sense. I think I think we have enough interview here. <laughs> I think we have enough. You don't talk like that. You don't talk like that. Is that how we phrased it? Yeah, that's not how you talk. Yeah, I that's just, not how you talk. I forget how we phrased it, but it was so stupid. And this is the point where uh, one of us presents a Deirdre with a giant book of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, check out a my healthcare book. plan. Giant book Wait. of nonsense. We're talking about the 60 minutes interview because oh, he... Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, very stupid. Extremely stupid. The plan is just uh, doing things and then saying that you did them. Or not doing things. <laughs> and then still saying that you did them. Exactly. Yeah, I guess we could wrap it up. This feels about as anticlimactic as like as anything. This like, is the first episode that I didn't screen share anything. What do you even say? Wait, wait. Yeah. I, I want to screen share something. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Take take us home, Brendan. Okay. I wanna this could be a sore subject. But I want to revisit a little Uh-oh. debate that started amongst, it was really started between Bram and Beth yesterday. And oh, it involves, no. I want to say it's the seventh film in the Halloween series. Oh, no. Or is it the sixth? I haven't seen any Halloween films. Wow. Bram, you have joy ahead of you. You may still have an opinion on this. Bram, give us, I'm going to pull up the clip and I want you to give a little recap of, of what went down. I don't know what the clip is. Yeah, I, Brendan is keeping us in the dark here. I have no idea. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna build this up, but just Bram, quickly recap what the what the what the fight is and what what's okay here. So, and I will mention why it was brought up. It's because uh, Beth mentioned to me that Jamie Lee Curtis wanted. Uh, wanted Mike Myers, the comedian and actor, to make a short cameo in the seventh Halloween film uh, entitled uh, Halloween 20 Years Later. (laughs) That's very um, kind of you. I, because Bram is clearly scared of conflict, 
I will get, I will set up the argument. It's called H2O. I believe. It's called H2O, and there's no other title. I believe, That's the title. I believe that this title as H2O is the work of a marketing team. Um, basically, I think that they tested the various titles of this movie and they tested the pronunciations and I believe H2O is what they came up with through that process. I believe on the set of the film, they called it H20 because it's Halloween 20 years later. So I believe it only makes sense to call it H20. I believe that, that you've all been brainwashed into calling it H2O. Brendan referred to this as a pun. I don't believe that it is a pun because I believe that puns should have double meaning. This only has one meaning. It's, it, why would it be called water? Why? Someone explain. And so this is my, this is my feeling on it. I will call it H20 because I believe that that's a title that makes sense. And H2O doesn't make sense. And that's how I feel. And I respect you all. And I love you all. But that's you know how you I sound feel. Like right now? Brendan, play your okay, well, video. Before, before who I do I that, you, like? who you sound like now is that Vine lady who's like, I am confusion. Why is this one Kansas, but this one is not Arkansas? And this one is Arkansas. America explain. America explain. Okay. That's a great vine, and that Let's is how I Deirdre feel. Let's let Deirdre in before I go to my clip. All right, Deirdre, did you want to weigh in on this this Halloween H two O H twenty mess before yes, I go to my clip? Yes, I do. It's it's the number twenty, but the O in H two O means oxygen, so it's an O. So it depends on how it's written. That well, how is, how was my exact view, and it is written H20. I think it's H20. In, and you know, yeah. when I saw this on Twitter, I was like, how could it not be H2O? But just thinking about it now, it's got to be H20. Thank well, you. Thank you so Americans. much. Americans. Brendan, <laughs> go ahead. Let me, let me maybe settle this tie. Um, this is the official trailer. I know that the marketing, okay, listeners, fuck this. I know that the marketing. <laughs> I want to hear him say it. Do you want to hear Go Don? For La- it. Do you want to hear Don LaFontaine yes. break the tie? Because here it is, folks. I'm aware. Halloween H2O. It's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. I've but you see, but you see, it's written H two zero. It is Go written H two zero. Freshen glass of Halloween water. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't H two O doesn't make sense. They definitely just again. They definitely just market tested it, and H two O is the name that people said was most memorable. That's it, you guys. I H- like to listen H- to the marketers. H20. H20 doesn't make sense. H20 isn't anything. 
Okay, Brendan. And it's redundant. Each 20, 20 years later, you wouldn't say 20 twice in a title. Brendan. Yeah, that's explain true. Explain to me. 2020. Explain to me why you think H20 doesn't make sense. Because that's not like an expression. Whereas I understand the whole like zero at O thing and how like, but the whole point of. But does it H20, matter if it's not an expression? If. Like I think it does fast because five H- isn't an expression, but they still called it F five. I think it makes sense that I think you're wrong about that. I don't think that happened. I think maybe it literally did. Marketing literally called it F five. You guys are so mean. <laughs> I I think that H two O is a thing, and H twenty isn't. I think that's the difference. It's literally Halloween twenty. A child could understand that age 20 is Halloween 20. But I think the whole reason that the letter H, the number two followed by a circle, whether it's a zero or an O, I think that you look at that in your brain and you think, oh, that's like that recognizable thing that I know with the, with the wetness. I think, what's that called again? <laughs> I think water, I think water. that, I think that you're wrong and I think that viewers are smarter than you give them credit for. And maybe maybe I'm talking about expectations for a 2020 audience that shouldn't be placed on a 1998 audience. Maybe that's fair. But um, I think that H20 makes perfect sense. To me, H2O is the one that makes zero sense. I, I, I- we okay you asked my opinion before we had seen the thing and i thought we were talking about a movie that was going to come out like the year 2020 yeah which like i feel like saying h20 in the year 2020 makes sense but like in 1998 and not that it doesn't make sense but i feel like it's more reasonable to do 20 than 20. i think that i can get behind the idea that like h20 is something I'm sorry, I cannot co-sign the idea that H2O means nothing. It's like, not that, that is, it means that nothing, Brendan. Everything. Brendan, it doesn't mean anything in context to the film or the film franchise. What, I, I beg of you, does water have to do with Halloween? How do you think Laurie Strode is staying hydrated? <laughs> You're ninety-seven percent water, Beth. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I. Again, I respect everyone, um, but I. When you say that H two O makes sense as a title for a Halloween film, and H twenty doesn't, I feel like you're actually trying to drive me insane. I guess we could just agree to disagree. Exactly. That's all I'm asking for. I was I curious if all... anyone else feels like feels that it should be H20 and no one does and that's okay. But I feel, I feel this. I think we can all agree on one thing, which is that AMC has been showing them all out of order. It's really annoying. Oh my God. We can't agree on that. I don't, I, 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 I only because I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, like, have they no, just been, been playing horribly out of order? They've been marathoning them and they've been like, they have. Pr- they always I've do been, this. 
I've been going through the schedule <laughs> every week, just like seeing what horror movies they're playing, seeing which ones I want to record that are interesting. Um, Cause that's how I watch my movies recorded off cable. Uh, Cause I'm 70 years old apparently, but they are always showing Halloween resurrection before this one, which makes no sense. Cause that's the one after. Yeah. We should probably write a complaint. Dear AMC, and while I'm at, I'll mention are, that they should call it H20. I don't know who today is, it's tenant time. You are showing the Halloween movies all out of order. Please revive Rubicon. Sincerely yours, Brenda Noel. Beautiful. I think they'd like receiving that letter. I think they'd put it right up on the fridge. Yeah, they would. I think you should do it, buddy. Do you have any opinions? That it for this episode of the featured players? I, I think so. If you have any, if you want to weigh in on the whole debate, at featured SNL on Twitter. <laughs> this Please has, do not contact me on Twitter about this debate. Thank you. This has been advance. featured players nights. Nights. Thank you to Deirdre for being our musical guest and. Um, well, do you do you have a release date for your EP or is it just, are we just hotly awaiting it? Yes. Oh, well, um, okay. I have a couple things to plug. First, if this is coming out yes, tomorrow, please. Um, on Thursday, I'm doing an Instagram live concert. Yeah. My Instagram. It's just a small thing, but I figured y'all might want to come. It's my Instagram is at Deirdre Crean, which is my name um it's hard to spell I will spell it now (laughs) I'm sorry I just (laughs) my name is spelled d-e-i-r-d-r-e-c-r-e-a-n come follow me on Instagram and come there um uh and you can also follow me on Twitter at Deirdre's music which is d-e-i-r-d-r-e-s music um for more updates about the EP um, I'm working hard on it. I'm mixing. I have a, I, it should be out November 20th. God willing. I want to get it out. You know, God the, willing. the Friday, what is it? The, our, our mouths to God's ears. Yeah. From our mouths to God's ears. <laughs> uh, just in time to, uh, ruin family Thanksgiving. So look forward Hell to that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm so excited. I also, um, I love hearing people have to spell their names because I have to spell my name. Obviously, Benderoff is not something that people hear and, and immediately like think they know how to spell when you're just saying it. So I have got very used to just saying, like, it also is fun because it's kind of like a dirty joke explaining how to spell our name. You just say bend or off and then... <laughs> If they smile at it, you can wink. And if they don't, then you pretend it didn't happen. I try not to provide <laughs> that ammunition. I love it. That's because <laughs> I haven't had the name my entire life. That's why. My, but my other, my, my maiden name was Gooden, which is also a, a very like easy sexual joke to make. So I went from one to another. That's beautiful. It is. That's the circle of life, folks. But yeah, thank you me. again for, for being our guest. Thank and you so much. uh for discussing SNL with us, especially yeah. I'm so glad that that Adele hosted and that we got to have you on for yeah, it. And thank you. Yeah, 
God. Yeah, you were you were booked. Uh, Boy, is anything to you, plug? You offered to you offered to do it last week, and then uh, and then we pushed it to this week, and then once this you worked beautifully. It, once you found out it was Adele, you sent me a very eager message. Yeah, can I, can I please do this one? And I was <laughs> that's like, that's amazing. Yes. I was. So I'm excited. so glad that you did. Thank you. Uh, Boy, is anything to plug at all? presidential election is november 3rd vote <laughs> please vote please 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 we know you're here and get everywhere please i vote. voted already please, please vote Woo! the lines are long Aww. if you need a pizza to wait on a voting line dm me on twitter oh <laughs> so sweet i love that okay we 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 dear listeners we love you follow uh, me at real brands follow the boys twitter. on twitter I'm at Brendan D. Noel. And you can't follow me on Twitter, but I love you anyway. Fund my build the wall. Go fund me. Fund, fund the wall. I like how this is taking too long to load for this joke to, to work <laughs> <Happy> smoothly. <Halloween. laughs> Shit. David S. Pumpkins.